Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Helps if I turn it on. Good morning. Well, I hope you have had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend, and that's continuing, and, and that you had a, a blessed Thanksgiving to share with uh, close family or friends or extended family, however you celebrated that. Uh, now we're entering into the season of Advent, this season of waiting and of expectation. Uh, anybody remember that feeling as a child of the anticipation for Christmas to come? It couldn't get here soon enough. You have that Advent calendar. You could open the little, the little doors of that and see a verse or see a picture in there. And then out came the J.C. Penney in the Sears catalogs, right? Anybody remember those coming in the mail? Yeah, it, I earmarked a lot of pages in those, in those catalogs. You know what? Anybody receive a catalog from Amazon this year? Seriously, there is an Amazon catalog, like a legit paper catalog. They're going old school. It's got QR codes in it. Of course, it'll send you to their website, but I think Amazon's doing okay this season. I don't know. I haven't heard too much, but I'm pretty sure they're doing all right. Well, that's a newfangled way to kind of get at some of those expectations of the season, and Man, those expectations that kids build up, but we too as adults, uh, those expectations that we build up around the holidays of what we, what we envision, what we want it to be like, who we want to be there, um, hopefully the, the face that we'll see on our loved one as they open up this gift or that gift. And sometimes those expectations are met, other times our expectations go unmet around the holidays. This Thanksgiving, my, uh, my family and I, my boys, and, and my oldest son that's married now, his wife Maddie, we were all got to be together, and then we were going to be traveling uh, to see my, my side of the family and be with my nephew and his family in East Peoria and, and some of my, my sister and other family, my parents. And uh, this is a, a kind of a new tradition that we've started the last couple of years um, since my mother-in-law passed away, who used to host Thanksgiving. So it's great to be together with them. And my wife does a lot of planning around that, and, and uh, she was trying to figure out how do I keep these dishes warm that we want to share with others. We got the, hot, hot, the uh, cheesy hash brown casserole. Oh my gosh, this, it's incredible. And we get, you know, how do you keep that warm? And she figured out, well, if you wrap a big beach towel around it, that'll help to keep it warm. So she timed it. So we took it out of the oven at just a, a few minutes before we left Thursday morning for my nephews and then wrapped that in the big beach towel. We had the stuffing, the family recipe for the stuffing to share too. And we had appetizers. So we needed to get there early. 
So we planned to get there about an hour before the meal would start. That would give us plenty of time to warm those things up and have those appetizers. And so the five of us piled in our little Elantra, and my son was driving, and we headed down I-55. And we're cruising along, and we're talking about different things, and I was asking them about board games, because we love playing board games and what ones they're playing now. And we're about halfway to my nephews, about an hour down the road. And all of a sudden, bam! We had a pothole that I swear was like a mini Grand Canyon working its way across I-55. And right away, you know it's bad when you hear the thunk, 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 thunk. Sure enough, we, we pull off as far as we could onto the shoulder and I looked, and the back right tire was flat as could be. And it was then that it dawned on me that my car had not come with a spare tire. Just a piece of foam, a pump, as if I could pump it up, and good wishes from the makers of my car company. That didn't work out so well, and so we called for roadside assistance. I thought, who is going to be around on Thanksgiving Day? Who is open on Thanksgiving Day? And we're, we're in this stretch where it's just a bunch of little towns, and I used to serve a, a church right in that area, and so I know it very well. I thought, they're going to have to come from probably up this way or blooming to normal and it's going to take forever and it's going to cost an astronomical amount. And here we are, Thanksgiving Day. We're not going to make it to dinner. Thanksgiving is ruins. Our expectations have not been met. This passage from Isaiah 6 where the prophet is speaking. He's speaking to the Israelites, God's people, and they have just been uh, released. They're coming home from exile in Babylon. The Babylonians have been overtaken uh, by Cyrus and the Persian Empire, and uh, Cyrus, the king of Persia, has issued an edict that the Israelites should be allowed to return to their homeland and to rebuild their temple. And not only that, but Cyrus uh, gathered up what he could find of, of the remnants of what was the sacred vessels that were in their temple, and he gave those to the Israelites along with a wad of cash to, to help them rebuild their temple. What kind of, of, of empire does that that's overtaken a place? But that's what apparently um, Cyrus of Persia did for the Israelites. So you'd think things are going to be great, right? Expectations are high. But in reality, it was much different than that. Not so many people were flocking back to the homeland, for one. Those that did found an inhospitable welcome from those who were living there. And the growing season had difficulties. There wasn't possible to, to grow much in the way of food. 
and the rebuilding of the temple slowed to a halt. Unmet expectations, unmet desires. The glory of Zion that is pictured here in Isaiah 60 did not match the reality that the people were living. It's like the, like the prophet is trying to encourage them and saying, arise, let's go, come on, your, your light is upon you, it's shining upon you. And the people are looking around saying, I don't know what you're seeing, but we ain't seeing it. Where is God? Where is his power in our lives? Back alongside the road on I-55, I was uh, standing just a couple feet from cars zipping at 70, 80 miles an hour on their way to their Thanksgiving meals, and had called for roadside assistance. They patched me through to Coleman and Son Garage in Dwight. We were just outside of the small town of Dwight, Dwight, which was just 20 minutes from where I first served a congregation outside of Pontiac, Illinois. And Ryan from uh, Coleman and Son happened to be there at the garage awaiting somebody else to bring their car in. They didn't show up. He was just looking for something to do. His family's meal had gotten pushed off till Friday. And so he was there. And he said, I can be there in 15 minutes. I had expected to be there for hours. Like, that is awesome. He said, yeah, you can climb in my rig and we'll load up your car and we'll take a look at it. I said, I got my family with me. We're five people. I don't think we're going to fit all inside your rig. He said, you know what? My buddy Riley just happened by to say hello. I'll have him come with. And he's an Uber driver, by the way. You're kidding me. That'd be great. Have Riley come. So Riley came. He, my family hopped in the car, got us safely off of the side of the interstate. Ryan loaded up our, uh, my, my, my injured Elantra into the back of his truck, and we went to their shop in uh, Dwight. And then the, one of the owners of the shop, Calvin, came by as well, and they took a look at it. The rim was bent beyond repair. They tried to fix it, but they couldn't do that. Like, where are we going to get a tire on Thanksgiving Day to fit my vehicle? They happened to have uh, some uh, vehicles that were there on their lot, and they're like, we'll look around, and they couldn't find anything that worked, and then finally they found a Mitsubishi that happened to have a spare tire that fit my Elantra, and they got that on there, and then they're, they're looking at the other tires, making sure those are good. He went to the front right one, and it was a little low on air, went to fill it up. That one had been damaged too. The rim was bent. The tire was going flat. Like, how are we going to get another one? But they were able to get it fixed. It was two hours later, but they finally got us back on the road, and they had, they treated us so wonderfully, and we uh, we were we were on this uh, this donut on one tire, 
and a, a tire that was hopefully going to hold its air with another tire. I'm like, we can't, we can't risk it. We can't chance going to Peoria and then coming back in the dark. We got to turn around. And now it's dinner time. I called my nephew, let him know that we, we weren't going to be able to come. We were bummed about that. But we were all hungry, so we went to Casey's, which was open, and we loaded up on a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving meal. Pretzels, jelly beans, whatever. Have at it, kids. And we're munching down on that. Maddie calls her family and says what the situation is. Is there any chance that we can join you for Thanksgiving dinner? They said, come on over. The more the merrier. And we had food that complemented what they had, and we joined together with Maddie's family, and we had a wonderful Thanksgiving meal. I was so thankful for so many things on that day. One, that we were safe, because that could have ended up really badly. Two, that, that this Ryan and Calvin and Riley showed up to our rescue, and they were wonderful to us. And three, that Maddie's family opened up their doors to us, and we were able to share a wonderful Thanksgiving meal together. I saw God's light shining through all of those people that day. And Thanksgiving meant something a little bit more that day as I gave thanks um, for those gathered around and for all that had transpired and what had not transpired as well. The Israelites' homecoming wasn't going quite as envisioned But into this disappointment, the prophet speaks these words of hope. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over all peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. The prophet is speaking about the awakening of God's people, about a new Zion. New Zion. In Spanish, Nueva Seon. Nueva Seon is a child development center outside of Juanico, Peru. One that a group of us just a few weeks ago had the opportunity to go and to visit. Nueva Sion is a child development center that this congregation helped to start and continues to support in a very impoverished area outside of Juanico, Peru. Four years ago when we, a group of us, also went down to Peru we got the opportunity to hear from Pastor Felix and his vision for what was going to be there. And as we looked about at this, Pastor, and talked with Pastor Felix, the the idea of what he was saying didn't seem to match what we were seeing. 
the, the place there was very, very humble. A simple building, adobe, brick, a fireplace, a, 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 not even a fireplace, a fire pit in the one corner that would be used for cooking for all of those people. One table that would be the place for all of these kids to gather together and to be tutored and, and to hear God's word and to color and do crafts together. Two outhouses out back to service all those people and no running water. And yet Pastor Felix spoke with such confidence, such faith in what God was up to and, and how God would work through uh, the people there and how God would work through this compassion program to reach to these families in that area. We just looked at each other and shook our heads and thought, how on earth is this going to happen? This guy's crazy. But then we returned back, and we had been looking for a way to utilize some of our mission funds to maybe get a new start for a new mission program and felt God leading us to invest that in Nueva Sion. And so through monies here at Alleluia through mission funds. We were able to start Nueva Sion and through sponsorships of many of you, we began sponsoring over 50 of those kids and have continued to sponsor dozens and dozens more throughout the past several years. And now when we went and returned just a few weeks ago, we saw three brand new nice classrooms complete with nice uh, things on the walls and, and crafts and other things for the kids to be able to do and nice tables to be able to work at. There was a full operating uh, kitchen at which, from which they served us a very wonderful and delicious meal. There is a modern bathroom facility that we also help to fund, complete with running water. The, the director of the program, we stood outside of that uh, two years ago when that was completed, and he, and he looked me in the eye and he said, Pastor, I want you to understand most of these kids have never had accessibility to something like this before in their lives. Most importantly, now there are 319 children that benefit from this child development center there at Nueva Sion, New Zion. And they're growing and learning physically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, cognitively. And their lives and the lives of their families and of their community are being impacted. When we return now for what was our third visit to Nueva Sion, it was like a homecoming. It was like coming back and being with family. And we were received and embraced with hugs and words of welcome and encouragement and love, not simply because of the financial support that we've been given, but because we believe in what they're doing. Because they know that you are praying for them, that you are invested into the individual lives of these kids and into this place as a whole. That we believe that God's light is shining upon them and in and through them. 
to the community around them. And they see God's light shining through you. And that gives them encouragement as well. Arise, shine, for your light has come, says the prophet. Your light has come. Light shines upon you. Usually when we talk about that imagery of light, we are sending people out to be light in the world. When a person is baptized, like we're going to have in just a few moments, we present them with a candle or their, their parents or their sponsors with a candle and say the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. But Isaiah reverses that image and he says, light shines upon you. God's light shines upon you. When you are feeling helpless and hopeless, God shines upon you with his hope. When you are broken, when your relationships are struggling, God shines upon you with his mercy and forgiveness. When you desire a better future, God shines upon you with visions for what can be. God's light shines upon you. That is a promise for today. But it is a promise for a future too that we aspire to, that we hope to, where God is leading us in our lives and as a community and as a world. God's light has come, says the prophet. It's not simply a hope for some, some un intangible future. It's not something unknown just off or far in the distance. He says God's light has come. It is here shining upon you today. But it's a now and a not yet. God's light shines upon you, but God's light also illuminates the way, the path, the hope that we have for an even better future. Therefore, arise, says the prophet. No, things won't always go as planned. Yes, the holidays can be filled with unmet expectations. There will be potholes and flat tires. Life doesn't always unfold the way we had envisioned it. But remember the promise. Remember the promise that God has shined his light upon us. That God sends light into the world. That light comes into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That God has sent his light shining in his son Jesus who gives us these promises of God and who guides us into his kingdom in the hope of a better day. Therefore, shine your light for others to see. To see that hope which God has placed within you. When we receive those things from God, when we have that hope within us, when we receive that forgiveness and that mercy, when our lives are changed, when our relationships which were broken are on the men, and people look at our lives, they see that light of hope shining through us. And they say, I want to know about that. I want a piece of that. How do I have that happen in my life too? 
That's how God shines his light, through our brokenness, through our damaged lives, for others to see. Shine, arise. Let others be drawn to the hope that God has placed within you. Lift up your eyes and look about you and see the goodness of the Lord and live in expectation and hope. Let us pray. Lord God, in this season of Advent, in this season of expectation, we look to a better future, perhaps in our lives, perhaps in our situation, perhaps in a relationship. Lord, there, there are ways that we are re- experiencing brokenness in our own lives. And so we look to you to shine your light upon us and to fill us with hope. And Lord, as you fill us with hope, may that shine for others to see who are shrouded in darkness, who do not have that hope. Lord, may they see that in us and may they be drawn to your light for their lives as well. We pray in your name. Amen.